Can I just say I've been doing I've been doing the Stephen Grant voice all week. Do so. you want to do the intro? <laughs> sure. Yes. Let's see. I I wasn't anticipating that. Um. All right, everybody. It's steak time here. Time for steak. Actually, just kidding. It's time for another episode of the Infinity Watch podcast. We're going to be talking about fancy suits. Um, you know, probably not really remembering where we're at. Uh, and fighting, uh, you know, stupid schizophrenic slash dissociative identity disorder people that I'm not even aware of. <laughs> so here's another episode of the Infinity Watch Podcast! Oh my I just, gosh. I, to get every time I, I don't do accents that often. I mean, I guess I do them from time to time. But then after we talked last week, I was like, I I just the Stephen Grant voice was stuck in my head. <laughs> and I always use a couple words to get me going in the yep, mindset. Yep. And for for Stephen Grant, it's it's steak time. Time for steak. <laughs> oh man. I love it. I mean, that was a beautiful I really put you on the spot there, just so people know. Uh, and, um, and you nailed it. You nailed it. I'm so glad I did it for you. Did it for you. Welcome <laughs> to the infinity watch podcast. My name is Tommy. I'm here with my co-host Eric and we are here to discuss episode two of our Morbius long, long episode format. <laughs> yep. It's true. I do love, uh, <laughs> There's all these memes on Twitter just about Morbius tickets and, and Morbius in general, and they're so negative in the funniest way, and I love it. Um, <laughs> but I don't think we'll be seeing too many more of them since yeah. no one else is seeing the movie. But no, we're actually here to talk about Moon Knight, episode two, titled Summon the Suit, um, and we will get to that in a bit, but let's let's jump right into the news. All right. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm quite surprised. I believe Thor Love and Thunder just broke the record for the shortest time between a trailer debuting and the release date for an MCU movie. Wow. Yeah. And that's because we haven't had a trailer yet. Yeah. Um, there's no poster yet either, but we've been seeing a lot of different promotional materials. And so I guess there was a, a promo banner that debuted on some webpage um, that features uh, both Thor and his new like bl- like blue and goldish looking suit. Yeah, but it also features uh, Jane Foster, fully you know suited up with the helmet, holding on to a broken Mjolnir that's been reformed. Yeah, and so uh, pretty wild stuff. Um, I don't know, like Eric, what is? What is your hype level at for this movie? Like your expectations? Um, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm sure it's going to be good, but it's definitely not in like the top tier of like Marvel movies I've been truly hyped for. But I love the new suit. Um, very comic accurate, right? 
Yeah, well, I guess so. For her, at least, the helmet. Oh, yeah, kinda. yeah, for Jane, definitely. Um, yeah, I guess I, I like both of their new suits. I am excited to see um, Natalie Portman be able to actually do something in the MCU. That'll be that'll be exciting. Sorry, um, my alarm to start the podcast just went off <laughs> while we're doing the podcast. Um, yeah, because I think Natalie Portman is fucking amazing, and she's been done pretty dirty by those movies so far. And yeah, I lo- I, I think uh, Chris Hemsworth's uh, looking great as always. I won. I mean, do you think like do you think Taika Waititi? Sorry to interrupt. No. Do you think Taika Waititi can like? have lightning strike twice here no pun intended yeah for sure uh, but i don't think i think if people are expecting a wildly different movie from ragnarok they're going to be disappointed i think it's just going to be ragnarok part b um yeah i'm wondering if that's bad or not you know that's that's a like probably the most rewatchable mcu movie yeah where it just feels like fun to watch no matter how many times i watch it yeah yeah no i think probably we'll get a very similar kind of movie um but i do wonder if the reason why they're holding back on this trailer for so long is because there's going to be a big spoiler in it for either well probably for multiverse of madness i i I wonder if they're waiting for that or something i don't know i or yeah i Maybe something drastic happens to the universe in Multiverse of Madness, and uh, well, I mean, clearly something drastic happens, but you, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm because what other reason could they have? Or unless this movie's in like big trouble, and they're and they're worried about it. Yeah, I wonder if it's really just coming down to they just don't want to like cannibalize their own marketing strategy. Like they don't like, I feel like before you had to give people some more time, you know, like, Hey, this movie's coming out, but it's like, we're weeks away from multiverse uh, of madness. Right. And so why would you start releasing Thor stuff? You just kind of get people excited for that movie when you're really trying to get everyone in the theater for that, uh, for the Dr. Strange sequel. Yeah. So it's like the moment that comes out, I wouldn't be surprised if the trailer kind of debuted with it. Um, or right after it, because yeah, you know, they're focused on Doctor Strange right now. There's no point to talk about Thor yet. Yeah, true, true. And I guess very different movies. Oh, too. I just had a thought. I Uh-oh. bet, I bet it's exactly what you just said, but with the added wrinkle of, is say if you're a Thor fan, if you're a, or maybe you're just a Taika Waititi fan and you liked Thor Ragnarok. But you're not a big Doctor Strange fan. I think maybe they're trying to funnel people, like they're trying to force people to see Doctor Strange because if they don't, people are going to have no fucking clue what's going on in any Marvel movie for the next 10 years. Pretty much. So maybe they're just like, maybe that's why they're pushing that one extra hard because it it is going to be, I mean, everything's uh, going to be different, I assume, after that movie. I do love I do love just the character idea of like I want to go see Thor Love and Thunder but I'll be damned if I'm in the theater <laughs> to see Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Well, that I think, looks lame. <laughs> I think it's less that. I think it's just more I mean Thor, I'm going to guess is a much more popular character in the mainstream than Doctor Strange is. And I'm also going to guess Chris Hemsworth 
is a much more popular actor, at least in the year of our Lord 2022, than uh, <laughs> than Benedict Cumberbatch. There was a time where Benedict Cumberbatch was more popular, I'm sure, but that time has long passed, I would say. Yeah. I mean, he was just in uh, one of the nominated for Best Picture in the Oscars. Dude's still doing stuff. Yeah, but like for what movie? Was it The Power of the Dog or whatever? Yeah, fuck that. Who? <laughs> I mean, what even is that movie? <laughs> Gay cowboy dog, dog thing? I don't know. I haven't seen it. Yeah, nobody Here's has. good. That's though. my point. <laughs> I'm like, angry gay Benedict Cumberbatch cowboy seems a little bit scary to me. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm sure it's a great movie, but like, he's just, he doesn't have the draw that Chris Hemsworth's abs do. That's true. So. <laughs> can You can't fight with those abs. Yeah, you cannot. I mean, I, do you feel bad for those actors that just constantly have to be strong all the time? No! I mean, I guess they're millionaires, so. Yeah, fuck that. They get paid to, I get, even with the help of drugs, which don't kid yourself, they fucking have. But even with the help of drugs, it is very difficult to get your body to look like that. However, when it's your job, that's best case scenario. Absolute best case I don't know. I just wake up and get out of bed each morning. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So automatically look ripped. That's right. Well, we can't all be you, unfortunately. Unfortunately. <laughs> All right, let's move over and talk about Black Panther and Wakanda Forever because we can't all be me. Um so a few new plot details about this movie, which mm-hmm. this movie to me is just the biggest fucking question mark. I have no idea what the fuck they're gonna do. Um, but I hope I hope it goes well. Um so apparently there's some new details that the character of Iron Heart and uh, Riri Williams will show up in the movie. Set photos have confirmed that uh, brother of Black Panther, or sister of Black Panther, Shuri, visits MIT. Um, and the website Murphy's Multiverse uh, elaborated on some of the plans they have for in the, mil- in the movie. According to that site, one of her inventions ultimately brings Wakanda into conflict with a hidden civilization led by Namor. So mm. I don't know what type of invention that would be, but somehow she gets in between the Battle of Wakanda and Atlantis. Interesting. Okay. It says this almost certainly has something to do with Tiamat's failed emergence in Eternals and the earthquakes mentioned in Avengers Endgame, which I was surprised to see Tiamat pop up from Eternals. Um, this was this is where this article took me for a turn. I was like, okay, that's interesting. And then they dropped this bomb on me. It's been rumored on multiple occasions that Dr. Doom will be revealed as the one really pulling the strings here, potentially setting up Victor Von Doom in Latveria as a major threat, not just to the Fantastic Four, but to the entire MCU. Yeah, I mean, and I, I feel like Murphy's multiverse is kind of a... <laughs> kind of a rag right <laughs> like i mean they they had me until they said the dr doom stuff because i was like okay like maybe this makes sense she's in the movie we know she's in the movie yeah that uh, that yeah but then like the dr doom thing was this completely left field dreamland in my opinion yeah i think there's no chance dr doom's in that movie <laughs> um i'd love it if he all. was i mean i'm just waiting for some dr doom in my life Man, but, uh, I, I I wouldn't. I wouldn't like that at all, to be honest. I think either introduce him with and in, in the Fantastic Four movie or 
introduce him in like an an ensemble movie. Don't just random. Yeah, I mean, don't throw him into an already immensely complicated Black Panther two. You have to replace <laughs> Black Panther. Yeah. You have to introduce Namor the Submariner and possibly mutants. Mutants as well. <laughs> yeah, and Riri Williams Ironheart. Yeah. All in one movie. I still don't. I I really still wish that they had just recast T'Challa somehow. But uh, I think I really think it's possible. And I really wish. I don't know what the latest is because I know there was a lot of like lies and and rumors about the uh, Letitia Wright. And like, I just hope she's like. I would love for her to be Black Panther. I think that would be great. I just need her to not be just a crazy person. <laughs> Man, it's just amazing to just ruin what a easy opportunity that could have been. Yeah, I feel like she'd be so great. She's so she's so great in the first movie. Yeah, I mean, like, if I didn't have the internet, then I probably would be so hype on it, you know? Yeah. It's one of those weird things where just reality is disappointing sometimes. <laughs> All right, Jude Law last starred in the MCU um, as Jan Rog in Captain Marvel. Um, there are rumors going around from a popular Instagram account that I will not name um, that he <laughs> supposedly is rumored to have nabbed a lead role in an upcoming High Republic Star Wars TV show. Oh, it, yeah, he, yeah, he'd make a good uh, Jedi or Sith. He's always a really good actor. Yeah, I've I've liked him as like good characters and bad characters. Um, he's lately been in all of those, um, Fantastic Beast movies, which are just god awful. Yeah, tried. (laughs) I tried to give him a chance, but man, that second one especially. Yeah, I never. I saw the first one and I thought it was fine. I wouldn't. Yep. You know, it was fine, and then I heard the second one is one of the worst movies ever. So I yeah, it was really bad, really, really bad. Um, but he's he's great. He could have been a really yeah. good. I mean, I don't think he's the problem. No, that, no. So. so we'll see. Love Jude Law. He's great. Yeah, that that will be great. But I am. I'll just say this. We don't have to get into it. I just hope the High Republic television shows are better than the High Republic novels. Because <laughs> so far, Yikes. I've been pretty underwhelmed by this new uh, initiative in in the Star Wars world. Knock on wood. Yeah. All right. Uh, I guess I forgot about this one Black Panther Wakanda Forever news. Um, there was an interview... Uh, with E! News on the red carpet of the Grammys with Anthony Mackie, who plays Falcon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and this is this is what he said. He said, quote, I'm very excited to say that Black Panther Wakanda Forever just wrapped filming. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be spectacular. I'm not in it, but I've seen, I've been there, I've witnessed. I'm very excited for everybody to see Black Panther 2. It's in the can. It's coming out. It's done. Dude, you're in it. Yeah, well, let me what, let, what? Me, let me add a further layer to this. So I believe in the middle of that quote. So I, I saw that I watched the video of this and I think she asks him, are you in it? And the way he responds is like, I'm not in it <laughs> yeah it's like bro Dude. are you fucking kidding me 
<laughs> you nobody's ever been more in a movie than Anthony Mackie is in Black Panther 2. That is a guarantee. No yeah. Doctor Doom, but guaranteed Anthony Mackie. It's like, man, talk about a confirmation. <laughs> you like you honestly, everybody, if you're listening to this, you haven't seen that clip, look it up. It is really funny. Like you can just see his brain working overtime. Like, yeah, why did I even fucking bring this up? <laughs> yep. Got a little too excited there, Anthony. Oh, so good. I fucking love that guy. I wonder what his role will be. Yeah, that's a good that's a good question. I, I don't know. I really hope that that next Captain America movie uh, is better than Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm going to die in that. Yeah, hill. yeah, yeah. Just can't stand it. I mean, what, All right, let, does anybody disagree? Like, who, I guess there's uh, the amount of people Twitter on Twitter site. that love. Yeah, but Falcon Twitter's not real. Soldier. Those people are fucking dumb as shit. Like, yeah. it is great. Marvel Twitter is filled with the dumbest people in the entire world. If it's I hear crazy. one more person say that uh, Daredevil is the best MCU show, I'm just like, guys. <laughs> also, by the way, uh, my I forgot to list this as the news too. This is one more item I had. Um, the internet, a lot, there's there's this huge divide in the internet based on what is canon in the MCU and what is not. Mm. And there are these character bios that are on Marvel's website. And last week, um, they added the scenes from No or No Way Home with Matt Murdock in them to Daredevil's official on-screen bio. And the internet went crazy, and they're like, finally, all the people that say that Daredevil's not canon in the MCU can shut up because it's been added to the official bio. <laughs> One day later, Marvel took it down, didn't hear a fucking peep from any of those people. <laughs> So, well, wait, well, hold on. I don't understand. I have not been following this. So, like, the version of Daredevil that's in No Way Home fucking obviously is canon. That's an MCU movie. No, but what they're saying uh, is that all of the Daredevil shows, all of the Defender shows are MCU canon. I mean, that's clearly not true. Well, like, <laughs> don't bring logic into this argument. Like, what, what even is the argument for that to be true? That there's no refuting evidence that it's not. I feel like there's probably a shitload <laughs> of refuting yeah. evidence that it's and not. So it's the same group of people that would say Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is 100% canon, you know, all this stuff. Oh, and, my God. But, I mean, really, at the end of the day, it's a big argument over nothing. If you want to feel that it is, then just in your mind, yeah, sure, it can be canon. Yeah, sure, who cares? Yeah. You know, if, like, for me, I, I kind of ignore that stuff a little bit, even though I've seen it all. Um, because, you know, it just wasn't produced under the same Marvel Studios banner, you know. Um but, you know, it really doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you can watch it and enjoy it and say, hey, this is part of the same thing. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they distanced themselves, though, a little bit from some of the decisions the show made. Um, but we won't really know that until we see more of Kingpin. We see more of Daredevil and then see if the same actors are around for different things, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, we already know that Hawaiian shirt wearing motherfucker is not the same Wilson Fisk. That's a guarantee. <laughs> right. That's that's the hill I will die on. All all you needed was that shirt, and you're like, well, guess that show's irrelevant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that was something that blew up this week on the internet. That was getting a chuckle over. Oh man, fucking Twitter! 
pretty much pretty much all right last item for the day we are weeks away i know i'm super hype i'm so excited to see doctor strange 2 in the multiverse of madness there's been some posters that have been released some new trailers i refuse to watch the new trailers because i think i've seen enough i'm ready i'm hyped uh got the tickets purchased they went on sale this week i guess it uh Saw an article this morning, most pre-ordered tickets in 24 hours for any movie this year yet. Really shouldn't be too surprising. It's only April. This yeah. is like the first big, big blockbuster to come out. Um, if you don't count some of the, you know, Morbiuses and uh, <laughs> a few other things. Um, but there was an interview with Fandango, um, and they asked Sam Raimi, the director, who he considers to be the villain of Multiverse of Madness. Uh, you know, is it Wanda? Is it Mordo? Is it Strange himself? Is it the multiverse? Is it all of the above? And I'll just give his quote and then we can take that for what it is. He said, mm-hmm. well, there's iterations of our characters throughout the mar- multiverse. So if I were to say strange, I'm not really I'm not really supposed to answer this question, but I might be saying altered strange. Same with Wanda and Mordo. But I would say at different times, all of the above. So it seems like there's going to be multiple iterations of all the characters. And at some point, probably all of them, as well as maybe their actual selves might kind of be playing antagonistic roles, which I mean, it is multiverse of madness, right? I mean, I believe that, but the villain is Wanda. (laughs) Like it's just, it's just Wanda. That's the villain for sure. I'm, 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 I'm so sure. Yeah. And I mean, we got like zombie versions of them too. Which is kind of crazy. Yeah, but those are going to be lackeys. They're not going to be villains, I think. Okay, I have a question for you, Eric. Okay. Are you kind of surprised at how much there seems to be a crossover between this and, like, some of the What If episodes? Um. Or is it just, like, coincidence at this point? I don't don't think it's coincidence. I think it's intentional, but I think that the connections are going to be extremely surface level in the movie. I think yeah. I think that if people are expecting like direct call outs to well, I mean, I guess it depends on what you like, because I think obviously like Captain Carter is yeah, supposed to show up. Yeah, yeah. And there's, I guess, mild spoiler, but it's in the trailer, if even for a split second, like they, they are going to clearly go into like an animated universe at one point. Um, but Jesus, sorry if you guys can I hear completely my dog missed whining. that in the trailer. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's a. Uh, Yeah, so, but I don't think they're going to, like, directly reference anything that happened in that series at all, personally. Um, I think there will be, you know, for, like, the the hardcore fans, I think, you know, everybody's obviously going to, oh, it's like Captain Carter from the show, it's evil Doctor Strange from the show, but I don't think they will reference anything that happened in that show, personally. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I I really hope they can land this because yeah, seems, it seems like a lot. really fucking wacky. Yeah, and if they can get the vibe of like a classic good Doctor Strange story that is just like really cerebral and fucked up, I think it'll be really cool to see yeah. on the big screen. Fuck yeah! So we are weeks away from that film coming out. Less than a month. Yes. So super exciting. Super stoked. So the real question is, how are you going to get into the theater without a bunch of crazy lunatics? I mean, I'm just going to have to go at like 10 a.m. 
and just <laughs> I'm here for the 7:30 show, guys. Yeah. How's it going? That is that is my move, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be in um my new house at that point, which does have a theater like within a three minute drive. So I'm just gonna go to that theater earliest possible showing, and uh, that's how it'll be done. Boom. All right, are we ready to talk about Moon Knight? Uh, we are indeed. All right, Moon Knight, episode two, titled Some in the Suit. Yeah. So we ended last week with our first glimpse of Moon Knight, uh, of Mark Spector summoning his suit and beating the shit out of a jackal. Good climax, good ending. Um, we open up this episode... And Stephen Grant is going to work, and there's a bunch of construction workers there because the bathroom got all fucked up. Yes. Uh, because he beat the shit out of a jackal in it. Um, and so he goes up to, like, the security guard dude, right? And he's like, has anyone looked up the security footage yet? And uh, so they go look together. I love how this guy just always calls him Scotty. And he's like, what you're going to see is going to blow your mind. And uh, very, sh- I was very shocked when, uh, when we saw the footage and you literally just see him and nothing else. I was yeah. very confused. I was like, how the hell does this all work? Because the jackal was there. And unless this was a gigantic hallucination, like what was he just beating up the bathroom on his own? <laughs> right. And so I was very confused at the start of this episode. I was like, how are they going to explain the fact that we can't see all this shit? Um, and so he basically ends up getting fired from his job because he's responsible for destroying the bathroom. Um, I've been sacked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the weirdest part is when he's getting fired. He's like, we don't want to press charges. And then like the guy at the museum gives him a pamphlet for like, either like a group of psychiatrists or something yeah and i got some like weird vibes from it and i don't know if it's because there's like a modern like one of the most modern moon night runs is like basically all inside a psychiatric hospital that is like really not a psychiatric hospital and it's really just like the egyptian gods like kind of like trapping him uh within like what he thinks is a mental hospital. So it's like, is like that guy like working for Arthur oh, Harrow or whatever? Shit. I don't know. I could be totally reading into it because I am reading into it. Um, but regardless, he loses his job. And so he goes and he starts looking to try and find the storage facility that he has a key card for. He found like a little key to a storage facility with that, that razor phone that was hidden in his apartment. And he's like, goes to like the fifth one because there's like a chain of them, right? And the guy's like, oh, yeah, I recognize your face, like number 43 or whatever the fuck it is. Um, I was like, okay. And of course, this place has the most creepy light, like lighting <laughs> yeah. as you're walking down the hallway. It's like, as you walk forward, another light turns on and another one behind you. And I was like, well, I can see where this is going to go because yeah. we saw, we saw some scenes here in the trailers, right? Um, but he opens up his, his uh, little storage locker, and it's like a little room with a bunch of his shit and like a cot that he can sleep on. I was like, okay, like super weird. Um, 
And he opens a bag. Of course, has like a pistol in it, a shit ton of money in different currencies, and then a passport with Mark Spector on it. Obviously, his face. Yeah. Um, and and, so, and allow me to point out, <laughs> Mark Spector, born supposedly in the year 1987, which is like, uh, okay. <laughs> and so that's just a little... Made me feel old, let me tell you. <laughs> like, damn. I could be running around as a schizophrenic avatar for an Egyptian god, apparently. Yeah, yeah, could be. A couple years. I totally missed that. But, uh... I did, to, to, to be fair, I didn't... I noticed that because I was watching one of those uh, <laughs> however many things you missed kinds of videos on, on YouTube. Nice. Yeah. Love it. Um, oh, also in the bag, he finds the scarab. I almost forgot. Yes, he finds the scarab. Yes. And he's like, oh, God, it's real. It's real. Everything's real. Um, <laughs> sorry, I just love doing that voice. It's, it's so the best. Um, and, of course, the walls are all metal, so he has a nice reflection going on. And he ends up talking to his reflection again. Um, and he introduces himself as as Mark Spector. And he says he is the current avatar of the Egyptian moon god, Khonshu. To which I think Steven's like, oh, God, this is like the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And I'm like, wow, I'm glad someone said it because it sounded ridiculous. <laughs> and so he ends up, he's like, I'm just going to turn all this into the authorities. And then I'm going to get a bunch of drugs pumped in me from NHS and no one will ever get hurt again. You know, because because Steven is just like, this dude's just like killing people. Like someone's killing people in my body. It's freaking him out. Yeah. He's actually reacting pretty rationally to it. Yeah. Yeah. I really that reaction really stood out to me as. And this is, I mean, this is not a type of story that you see very often in media anyways, but even still, I mean, every story has elements that have, that you've seen a million times, a million different ways. And I just feel like, I don't know if I've ever seen a character in a similar predicament react that way. I mean, you'd expect just not that it's like his first reaction. He's like, Oh, well, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll turn myself in. So I can't hurt anyone anymore. And then maybe I'll get some help for I don't know. I just, that really stood out to me as just different. I just would never have expected that kind of reaction. He does feel like a very genuinely good person. Yeah. And I think I, there is a, a reason for that, which we will discuss uh, later. Right. Yeah. Um, so there's a little bit of like a spooky chase sequence here. Um, he ends up leaving and Kanshu, you could like the lights keep turning on and off and like they turn on and he'll be there. They turn off, they turn on, he'll be gone and he's kind of chasing him. And so like we get this kind of a little bit psychedelic little sequence of him running. I really was surprised by some of the director's choices in this one, because at the very end, there's like a quick like still shot of him screaming with like a light. And yeah. it felt very cringe. Yeah. For just a minute. I was like, why did they do that? That to me almost felt like an error with the upload. I yeah. I I mean I think it was intentional, 
but it felt like like a yeah like a glitch in the file or something it, i it felt i did to not me like, like a like a very like 70s horror film style edit yeah uh that i just don't like yeah me at all me neither i think they were trying to just well if it was intentional I think they were maybe trying to do something similar to like the the popping in and out from the first episode and they in the first episode it was done very well. But uh yeah, I I was not a fan of that at all. <laughs> yeah, to me it felt like a very stylized choice that I was just like that's not my style. Yeah. Uh but thankfully it was a very minor thing. Yeah. It's not really just a happened big deal once at the end of the day. Yeah. Um so Right after that, we see him running out into the street outside of this storage facility. He kind of falls down. And then who do we see pull up in like a little motorcycle? Layla. Yeah. Who has just tracked his phone and found him um, because that's what she thought that he wanted him to do. And so he hops on the motorcycle and basically finds out that they're married to his surprise. And... She is super confused about his whole spiel. She thinks he's like putting on like a disguise just to like get away from people. And um, they end up going back to his apartment. It's a very weird thing, though. I'm still trying to wrap my mind around like this is his wife. Uh, We find out back at his apartment that he asked for a divorce from her, but he never signed any of the papers. Um, It's very, very strange. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't know. It it made sense to me. I feel like what I assume happened was uh, Mark and Layla were who, by the way, I don't know who that actress is or what she's in, but she's fucking great so far. Big fan. Um, yeah, I and love her. Big fan of that character in general so far. She's real fucking tough. I like it. Yes. Yes. And so it seems like her and Mark were kind of like mercenary buddies. Or, or, or if not mercenary, you know, she got into the shit with him. It's not, it seems like, and I, it seems like to me that Mark pretty clearly only wanted a divorce to protect her. Um, and what I was referring to earlier is, so I think this episode proved that Mark did not have DID prior to, um, well, this is a recent development. Um, I don't know if it was, it sounds like maybe it wasn't prior to Conchu, but it was a more recent development, maybe soon after. And I think that Mark, and, and I did, I'm basing this off of some stuff I read on Reddit, so this is not a wholly original thought, but I think it makes a lot of sense that it seems like Mark kind of intentionally split his personality to also kind of protect himself in a way. And it seems like Steven is kind of all what Mark considers to be positive aspects, which also happen to be the exact same aspects of his wife, Layla, (laughs) because his wife, Layla, who's British, right? Oh, I didn't even make that connection. I was thinking of like the like the poetry thing right. and the um Yeah, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just he basically created this 
version of himself that was his wife because he thinks his wife is, or he sees his wife as like a good person and he sees himself as not a good person um, because he's doing all this crazy shit for a, for a God. Yeah. I really liked that aspect of it when they started, like they start reading like this French poem and he's like, yeah, she's my favorite. And she's like, no, she's my favorite. (laughs) I was like, Oh shit. This is crazy. (laughs) Um, And so you can definitely tell that like there's some weird shit going on there, which I really love. And Um, at this point, Layla is still not buying it, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, he's like, I don't know, Mark. I don't know who you are. I'm not Mark. You know, all these all all these things. I think he says something like he he sounds like a like a real piece of shit, though. (laughs) Yeah, he's a straight up twit. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) I would never divorce you. He's like, damn, like I'm like married to like this like like super good looking super cool person that like yeah. she knows hieroglyphs she knows stuff about egypt like they're very similar um and so he's basically like damn this is crazy um and he's like you should see like all the stuff i found and then mark is like talking to him in the mirror he's like don't show her the scarab like don't show it to her you're gonna put her in danger and then he's like you're gonna get her killed which makes him like pause from showing her the scarab but She's just like, what's in there? And she grabs it. Yeah. And she's like, like, were you just trying to like take this because we were looking for it together and you don't want me to like reap the benefits of like finding it? And he's like, no, just take it. Just take it. And uh, so apparently they were hunting down the scarab together for a long time. Um, I don't know what happened to make them stop doing it, but he found it. And so she grabs it and he tells her to keep it. Um. But shortly after this, there's like a knock on the door from two detectives that want to see him. And so she kind of walks back in the apartment. He answers the door um, and he's like, yep, just me and my apartment. Yep, me and myself. And uh, the detective kind of kicks in the door, which is a little weird, and starts looking around. He's like, are you well, alone? Well, he's like, was it? Was it that weird? <laughs> Not really, though. I guess in Britain, <laughs> in Britain, line. I think. Yeah, I guess touche, touche, touche. If this was America, I was like, wow, they were too nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> I like that, that tracked extremely well for me. <laughs> right. Um, and so she, like, is super smart. She realizes that these cops are not, like, legit. So she, like, goes out an open window and is hiding on the roof with the scarab. Um, and these two cops end up taking him in because he has stolen, stolen items, quote unquote, meaning the scarab, and he has a false ID being his Mark Spector passport. Um, so they're taking him on a drive, and we quickly realize that they're just Arthur Hero people. They got their little tattoos, their little uh, scale tattoos on them. And they're like, wow, like in our car, we got this famous mercenary, Mark Spector. Uh, you know, there was people at a dig site in Egypt, and look what he did to him. Look look what they he did to them. And it's like a bunch of archaeologists were like had their hands tied behind their back and were like execution style shot. And he's like, It wasn't me, that wasn't me. Um <laughs> and so they take him to like this part of London, I guess. I don't I'm trying to remember where we're at. Um and it's like this neighborhood and they leave him in the car for a second and Mark and Stephen have a conversation with themselves for a little bit. But Arthur had put like a 
walkie-talkie in the car, basically so he could hear their conversation, so he could understand the situation, which leads him to understand that like there's multiple people kind of going on in his head. And I thought that I did think that was pretty clever. Like, yeah, because why yeah, would like he that. be talking to himself if he didn't know? Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I thought that was a that was a smart move by Arthur. Yeah, he seems like a, a smart guy, which I can appreciate because um, he lets him out of the car. Then he takes like the handcuffs off of him. And we kind of have like the bad guy telling you like what he's doing to the good guy kind of scene here where he's like, this used to be like a really crime ridden part of town. Uh, but now people leave their doors unlocked at night. You know, it's basically like a like a very like socialistic uh, like. I don't know what you call it. like. It's like a commune type neighborhood where yeah, everyone kind of contributes. Culty. You don't have it's to. It's a cult. It's very cult. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, they all speak three different languages. We got Arthur playing soccer in his little glass shard sandals. Uh, you know, just casually <laughs> having a good old time. Oh I, did, oh, I didn't even think about that. Fuck. Every now and again in the background, you can just hear the little crunch. And I'm just like, yeah, God. I hate it. Um, but yeah, this is where I struggle. Okay. Okay. There's two. I, I might skip ahead a tiny bit. There's two parts of this that I struggle with. Um, one, just shoot him. Just, just shoot Stephen. I, I really, you know, part of me just wants someone to actually do some work here instead of summoning a jackal from wherever they're summoning. Yeah. Well, before you continue on, I, there's a very easy rebuttal to that. Would be, but he doesn't know where the scarab is. He needs Stephen to find the scarab. That's true. That's true. Um, the other thing was, um, I just lost it. Oh, no, Holy I'm shit. sorry. I'm a piece of shit. No, no, sorry. you're Sorry. I'm trying to remember with Arthur Harrow, what was it? Uh, just shoot him. I'll think of it at some point. All right. They have to do with his uh, crazy little cane? Probably something like that. With his cr- okay, so let's let's walk through it. Let's okay. walk through it. They're going through their weird little cult world, which I just hate with a passion. There's like people with headphones on watching like videos of dolphins and shit. (laughs) What the fuck are they doing? You know, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, And then he's like, you're a vegan, right? And he's like, me too. And he's like, you should try my lentil soup. I just made it. Blah, 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 blah. Um, And they kind of like have a conversation uh, you know, we find out that Arthur was the previous avatar to Kanshu until he chose to follow Amit because she is like the minority report of all the Egyptian gods, right? Yes. He's like, if you wait until someone commits a crime to punish them, it's too late. Um, and so that really bothers him. I wonder why. I don't really know. Um, but Arthur wants to use the scarab so that he can find the tomb that Amit is in resurrect her so she can just like purge all evil from the world um so there's that i guess um i just man cults are fucking weird um yeah yeah they are they're eating soup and i do love this because like say what you will about steven um but he is like so strong when it comes to moral things 
and I really appreciate it. Like he seems like he has a very level head on what's right and what's wrong. He's like, so you guys telling me that you're just like in for child murder? Like if there's a kid and the kid <laughs> is going to do something evil 30 years from now, you're just fine with killing that kid. And like people are starting to kind of crowd him a little bit because he's like, I don't have the scare. I don't know where it's at. Um, and he's like, so like, yeah, I'm not really fine with child murder. And, uh, you know, there's this analogy that Arthur gives him that, like, if you have to amputate an arm, like, it serves the whole that you get rid of this arm, even though it's barbaric as an act, you know, it allows the rest of the body to, uh, you know, prosper, which is bullshit, whatever. And he's like, yeah, still not good with killing babies, um, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Surprisingly, though. Wait, hold on, uh, hold on. Before we continue, because I don't like it's this it's the classic question of like, would you kill baby Hitler? If you could go back in time and kill Hitler as a baby, knowing what he has done. But that's not how time travel works. But pretend it is, though. I mean, if that's how time travel truly worked, perhaps, yeah, that would make the most sense. But you also don't know, like, the moment you kill baby Hitler, if that's how time travel worked, then you would have a ripple through what would be all the rest of time and what would happen as a result of that. You could kill baby right. Hitler and no longer exist. Right. And and we would never know the consequences of that. But a right. god might. This is true. But then that all comes down to like, you know, does free will exist as well? I don't yeah. believe that there is such thing as a being that could know what an absolute future could be because I think at every this is my own personal belief. Yeah, I just yeah. think that like every decision you make, every decision, we're all making decisions every single millisecond and the chaos caused by all of those decisions is clashing with everyone else's decision every little millisecond of every me moving my hand while I'm talking is a decision I'm making whether it's consciously or subconsciously and there's no ability to predict how you know over 7 billion people are going to be making decisions every every millisecond of every single day and so the the impact of those those decisions creates chaos that collides with other chaos that collides with everyone and causes what is life right in the present and so changes to little decisions that we make you know like one split second decision could change the fact that someone's alive or dead and so you know something as strong as like the holocaust like killing hitler if that's how time travel worked that you could just go back kill hitler and you know time would change just like i feel like it would just drastically drastically change but there could also just be another person that would take his place and do something almost as bad if not worse or about the same you know and so it's just impossible to predict. And then you basically just end up in this this timeline of just, well, let me try to do this and see what the outcome is. Let me try to do this. And then, you know, at that point, it's like, does a worse thing happen because society didn't learn from the terrible tragedy of something that happened in, in like what we know as normal time? It's just, there's like an infinite amount of questions and outcomes that make the concept of just killing baby Hitler not make sense in my head. Okay. I, and, and I would love to like cancel out millions of people dying and suffering, right? I just don't think it's ever that simple. Totally. And I agree with you in the real world. 
But in but in the Marvel universe, where I mean, we had this discussion last week. God, right. I, I'm going to use the term God, but you take that as however you want. You know, sure, crazy alien, whatever. But like, if, if we're assuming that these things are basically indistinguishable from gods, it's like maybe they do have that foresight. Maybe they can. If Amit is legit and Amit can actually look into the future, then I would probably assume that this, like, look into the future to judge people, I could probably assume that then Amit would also know the consequences of killing these people and how that would change the future. And maybe in the Marvel Universe, it's really not, she's just looking, Amit's, depicted as a as a female god right yeah i think it's like a female crocodile i believe okay okay so so amit maybe is just looking into different like timelines like different lines of the of the multiverse or whatever um and maybe just creating trying to do similar to what the tva is doing and create quote unquote the best one, probably with an ulterior motive, just like the TVA. Um, but I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I think we have to learn more about Amit's motives before I truly, um, before I truly believe that that is the wrong choice in the context of the Marvel Universe. Yeah, I definitely feel like there's something else going on here. Yeah, I think you. I, also, I think you're probably right. I mean, I, you're almost definitely right. <laughs> I also highly question the power of a god that is dead, that has the power of foresight. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's like, how are you? How are you, you know dead, what? dude? Fucking, that's. I think you just changed my mind with that single argument. That's so. I good. know. I was about to say. I know this is kind of bullshit. But <laughs> no, like, it's not. If you're so powerful, how are you dead? It's not bullshit. That's such a good point. <laughs> and so you know, that's, that's, that's what I call bullshit on point. the whole. Like I know what's going to happen thing. Um, I had a lot more confidence in you know he who remains that I do in Amit. <laughs> yeah, that's um, so fucking funny. Holy shit, touche. The biggest touche to that damn but we'll see i guess i don't know so clearly there's some power going on here because um pretty quickly let's see where were we were talking about we were talking about the scarab okay um layla comes in and she's like i have it and she lifts it up in the air and she's like come on like mark let's get out of here and she's like summon the suit and he's like i don't have a suit what suit summon the suit (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh she still is like she's used to working with mark steve doesn't know what the hell's going on yeah um i think at this point she still is not totally buying it <laughs> yeah no i i'm with you yeah she's she came in she thought he was just gonna start beating the shit out of people but he's not helping at all um so they start running away and arthur puts down his little cane which was the gift we find out was a gift to her first avatar um and it has just a little bit of her power and he like hits it on the ground and like the ground kind of drops out and another jackal comes up. Yeah. Wait, we we skipped a really important part. Um Which part? I'm trying to think. Arthur was Khonshu's original av- avatar. Right, right. Okay, yeah, I thought I had mentioned um, that. Um which is wild like how did he how is he not anymore? Like so many questions there. 
Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a a very good point. But I love Kanchu seems like kind of a dick. Yeah, for sure. As as all gods are, <laughs> regardless of religion. If you are a part of a religion and you think your god's not a dick, nah, I mean, I hate to burst your bubble, <laughs> but every depiction of every god throughout history is kind of a dick, and uh, particularly Egyptian gods, Greek gods, and Roman gods, at least in modern day popular culture, are like very very testy. Yeah, the 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 dickest of the dicks. Um, but uh oh, f- oh yeah, I, I loved how Arthur like n- knew. Well, first of all, I loved that Conch all Conchu can do is just like make it windy. <laughs> which which is right, kind of yeah. funny. Yeah, he's like, that's all you can do without your help. Yeah. And then he's predicting what he's saying like every single Yeah, second. I really I really like that. Like he's so God, I, I fucking love villains that like a big part of me feels like they're kind of right. It's like, I don't know. It just makes it so much more interesting to me. Um, I'll tell you what, um, and we'll get to this part later, but Arthur kind of had me a little bit until, until the, the end. end. Yep. That same, yep. same. He was doing so well. And then, and then his whole fucking cult had to like surround Seymour. Like, you fucked it up by being too aggressive. Like you had him. <laughs> That, I sure yeah, did. I felt the same. I do love like so. Stephen and Layla are running away. She's just like beating the shit out of people, all on her own. Yeah, she's a badass, um, and I loved it. Um, so <laughs> basically, they run away, run away. Then they like hide in this like little storeroom in the building that they're in in Arthur Harrow's little spot. Um. They get trapped, and she's like, you need to summon the suit. He's like, I'm not going to summon the suit. I'm not giving over control. I'm never giving you control ever again. Um, and so the jackal breaks through. We get this crash, you know, like through this window. They're on, like, a third story or something. They're pretty high up. And he hits the ground, and then we see him in the Mr. Knight, like, formal wear suit. <laughs> yeah. And it looks fucking great. Yes, it does. I never anticipated that him wearing the suit would just be Steven's manifestation of what he thought yeah. the suit was, which I thought was kind of creative because it's kind of a whole nother personality in the comics. But this is just really just Steven giving himself a suit that he thought would make sense. Yeah, I thought it was an amazing. I mean, I don't like I can't imagine Moon Knight has droves of hardcore fans who are going to be mad about this. But like it is a. Pretty significant change from the comics, but I think it just makes so much sense. It's like you said, it's so creative. Um, I, I loved I, it. I thought it was great. I loved when he pulled the little batons out. He's like, what are these little sticks for? <laughs> it was hilarious. It's like, dude, they're for beating the shit out of people. Yeah, with. pretty um, much. And so this is, this is the interesting part where they answered my question of he is the only one that can see the jackal. Yeah. Maybe Arthur Harrow's people can too, but we got a whole sequence, a fight sequence of him fighting nothing. It was basically invisible to everyone until Layla like threw some liquid at it, like a, like a glass bottle. And then for a brief period, you could see that there was something there, but the jackal is basically invisible to everybody. 
Yeah, I... Okay, so we're getting into the part of the episode that... Um, so, like, I really am loving this show so far. However, it is despite the fact that the special effects across the board are dog shit. They are fucking terrible. Um, Some might say jackal shit. Yeah. Like, they're so fucking bad. I don't know what happened. Why Disney just clearly gave them zero budget for special effects. And it seemed clear to me that the reason for this decision was so they could have a fight scene where they didn't have to animate the the bad guy so they could save money, which is like you're already saving money because the main like so the the Mr. Knight suit looks fine for the most part. The Moon Knight suit looks like garbage, at least in this episode. And it's like and it really bums me out because this show would be damn near perfect to me so far if the CGI was better. But it's bad. It's so bad. And like um I wish it was It didn't better. bother me as much, but it is iffy at times. Yeah. I definitely agree. Um, it's definitely not like, to me, peak Marvel Cinematic Universe CGI is Thanos. Yeah, definitely. Like, I remember when we were waiting for the well, movie to come and out, Iron I was Man. real nervous. And Iron yes, Man. Yes, Iron Man as well. Yep. Um, yeah, I remember being like, I really hope that we don't get like a, a Justice League-esque CGI, you know, from Thanos. And we didn't. Yes, it was great. It was amazing. It was really good. He felt like a real person. But there are multiple times where I'm like, ooh, this looks like just like a little iffy. Thankfully for me, <laughs> it doesn't bother me too much. I know it bothers you a lot. It um, Well, I think, I mean, I think the story is good enough to where, like, I am forgiving it, but I'm not, I can't <laughs> ignore it. would be awesome it. if it was perfect. Yes, yes, <laughs> you know? yes. It would really elevate it. It really would. A, a higher level, I think. Um. And I just realized what my second point was earlier. Yeah, let's hear it. Finally came back to me. The one thing I don't like about this show is I'm already sick of the give me control of my body whole thing. Okay. Like, like Steven, give me control. I'm not giving you control. I'm like, okay, at some point you're just going to give it to me. You know, can we just fast forward <laughs> to the part where we're done, you know, bickering back and forth? Uh, for some reason, I'm just like already done with that. Wow. Okay. Um, which is weird. I kind of was surprised by it. I was like, man, can we just like Mark Spectre this shit up, please? You know? Um, yeah. Yeah. But that I get was that. just me. Yeah. I, it doesn't bother me too much just because I feel like that's exactly how I or anyone would react if they were. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I will give it to Steven because there's the whole like invisible battle with, with the Jackal. The moment he decides to give up control is when he realizes that innocent people could get hurt. Yeah. And I really liked that because it goes back to, he has a very strong moral compass, um, which is something that Kanshu looks for, according to Arthur Harrow. Um, and the moment he sees people in public and the jackals kind of running around, Layla's like, get out of here. That's when he summons the suit. He lets Mark take control. And we get the closest thing we've seen to Batman in the MCU. Yes. <laughs> What do you think about the whole chase of of him jumping building to building, you know, with the jackal following him, following until he jumps off and 
kind of stabs him through a statue. I mean, I said I'm forgiving the CGI because the story's so good, but there was no story elements in this part, and I just fucking hated it. I couldn't get past... It looks so bad! It looks so bad. I just... This was easily my least favorite part of the series so far. Damn. Yeah, it was it was a cool concept, but yeah, there was a few parts where it was a little bit iffy. Yeah. I think you're being very generous. I I think I think iffy's too generous. It's fucking horrible. It's not it's not iffy. I guess to I me. need to watch it again. It's terrible. And it's terrible and it also takes place in the middle of the night, which is like that's how you get away with bad CGI is you do it at night and you, and it still looks that bad. God damn. (laughs) Now I realize why they uh, changed Kamala Khan's stretchy powers. Can you imagine what that would look like with the CGI? Holy shit. Yeah. It would have been unwatchable. Yeah. It's yeah. It really does bother me a lot. Maybe I'm just like more sensitive to it than most people. I don't know why. Because I feel like normally, I like, I'm the guy who can't tell the difference between 20 frames per second and 60 frames per second. But, like, bad CGI kills me. Fucking kills me. I think it's just difficult because it's fucking Disney. Yeah. This is the MCU. There's no, really no excuse. Yeah. Right? And once you know, like, we grew up with shitty CGI all over the place. Yes. But once you know that they're capable of CGI that's not shitty, it's kind of annoying when it is. You're, you're, yeah, you're dead on. That is the reason. It's because it doesn't have to be this way. Like, it can be. If this was 10, 15 years ago, I'm sure I'd be shitting bricks because it'd be so amazing. But, like, it's not. We've seen incredible, mind-blowing, indistinguishable from reality CGI. And it's like, if... You can't even make a suit that is made of, like, normal, real things look real in CGI. You can make an alien that is that could never exist in reality look real, but you can't make cloth that does exist in reality look real. Maybe you should have just fucking used cloth. Like, <laughs> I don't get it. There's... Would some practical effects kill you? Yeah. It's like, that. that is definitely what annoys me so much it's like just use make these fucking suits and just film the suits not everything has to be cgi it's so dumb yeah it's definitely become a bit of a crutch i think yeah which is unfortunate because i love some real shit yes good mix is really all that you need yeah 100 um, percent. so let's see where do we leave off the jackals killed um, he kind of takes the suit off and there's kind of this whole discussion, um, between Kanshu and Mark. And he's like, you said that you wouldn't let him get in the way. And he's like, we have a deal. He finds out he lost the scarab during the whole chase. Um, and we find out Kanshu has his eye on Layla as his next avatar. And basically he's like, you wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for me. You were just a corpse when I found you. So like Mark was dead when he found him, apparently, um, and he's like, we had a deal, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, he's like, well, where do we go next or whatever? And he's like, um, where the hell do you think? <laughs> yeah. That was a little cringe <laughs> yeah, of a line. I yeah, thought coming I from a guy, not a fan of that. Um, and so that was a little bit weird. Um, and then he kind of like wakes up and he's in Egypt. Yeah. I did love this last scene though. 
Yeah, it seems like uh, Arthur is going to be going to Egypt uh, with the Scarab to try and find Amit's tomb. Because right before that scene, this is where I lost Arthur. Um, not that I was really ever totally on his side, but I sympathize with him a little bit because he was doing some good, right? Um, homeless man found the scarab on the ground. And Arthur kind of approaches him. He's like, he's like, that belongs to me. He's like, I can offer you food. I can offer you shelter, but this is something that I cannot offer you. And the homeless man hands it back to him, assuming he's going to get food and shelter. And then Arthur immediately like sucks the life force out of him or whatever the fuck he does. And the guy just drops dead on the ground. Yeah. So to me, it's not definitive, but to me, I feel like this kind of proved that it seems like Amit is doing the judging, but it seems like Arthur can just suck the life out of whoever the fuck he wants. Right. Yeah. I, I call the whole like little scale thing a little bit bullshit. Um, I think that is legit. I think that is, I think Amit can and does judge people. And I think Arthur, for the most part, um, abides by that. But I think, uh, <laughs> sorry, I just got a text message. Uh, but I think, uh, I just think of that old lady, right? It's just yeah. like some old lady is going to like fuck something up in like the last 10 years of her life. It's like, come on. Give me a fucking break. I don't know. It could happen. Very obviously could happen. I just, I'm really interested to see, like, how did this all come to be? Because let me tell you, when you're a cult leader, I'm assuming there's some nice stuff that happens for you, you know? Right. <laughs> I don't know. But we'll see, I guess. But I just, I thought it was very telling that there was a, a person in need and he just, we didn't see him do the judgment thing. He just immediately killed him. Yeah. After offering his help. Yeah, that's right? why, yeah, I, I don't, that's why I think there's no way Amit judged that guy. It was too fast. Right. <laughs> right. Dude was evil. Yes. Evil as fuck. And so, I guess we'll we'll find out in later episodes what happens, but uh, looks like we're going to be in Egypt next. So. Yeah, I'm. Should be interesting. I'm a big fan of that. I fucking hope it looks okay. <laughs> That's my big fear. I just hope it looks okay. Don't want to temper your expectations there, fella, but uh, I'm assuming it's going to be more of the same. Yeah, well, the the locations have been good. I mean, England and Sweden or wherever both looked good. So if if Egypt looks as good as that, I think I'll be happy with that. Yeah, like those Swiss mountains were fucking great. Yes, yes, and and like the, um, the pyramids looked fine in that one scene. Like it looked very. I was convinced by the one brief scene we had in this episode. Yeah, it was definitely a change of pace. He was like, looked like he had just like been drinking and then like smashed a bottle or something. It was kind of weird. Yeah, what's with these people and breaking glass? <laughs> like, hey, you got to walk on something, right? <laughs> yeah, touche. Ever since that first episode, I've been just breaking glass and giving it a try. <laughs> yeah, just see see how it feels. Got to have reconstructive surgery on my uh, my foot next week, but, you know. Oh, God, that was so gross. Yeah. Every time you hear him walking, just in the background, if you have really good sound playing, play it really loud, you just hear a little tiny... It's in the background. It made me cringe. Oh, gross. All right. 
Anything else before we rate this bitch? Um, yes. One thing. Do you, well, two questions. One, uh, do we see Layla suit up as Moon Knight in this series? And my second question, because that answer to me is an obvious yes. My second question is, do you think Layla is, uh, the MCU Moon Knight moving forward since Oscar Isaac has been s- said, uh, confirmed, he does not have a multi-appearance contract. What? He has. This is a one-and-done oh, contract for Oscar Isaac. He's said he doesn't really want to get into the grind of like a big Marvel or Star Wars machine again. Do you think he's one-and-done and Layla's going to be Moon Knight moving forward? Well, it, separate questions. Here's okay. Here's my answer. Okay. Layla will be saved by the suit being put on her. Uh, Okay, fair. I think that that's yeah. We will also see Oscar Isaac beyond this series. Is my prediction. Okay. I think he was hesitant. I think he was hesitant to join this, but the fact that he joined it and the fact that he was able to do these these things, I think he'll be open to extending his contract. Yeah, and reception, um, as far as I can tell, has been pretty positive. Right, I mean, like, if they shafted him again and gave him kind of like the Poe Dameron treatment, yeah. then 100% he wouldn't do it. But it seems like this has been um, a positive experience. At least this is my my perception of it. So I think we will see Moon Knight again. I don't think they're ready to kind of hand that off completely i think we might see him in the werewolf by night special but i really don't know if i see him in like movies yeah i think that's i think he'll definitely be in that i'd be surprised if he wasn't um i think we could see him in blade possibly oh that'd be fucking cool um but yeah it would be interesting you know like he's a different type of character and i think we're getting more into like you know, like you could imagine the Avengers together in in the first few phases of the MCU. Now these characters are a little bit more loosey goosey. Yeah, yeah, a little more self contained, a lot more self contained in some cases. But you know what? I would love to see a lot of them together. Yes, um, I think that makes I it more what, fun when they do get together. Right. Like I think one of my the reason why I love Avengers Endgame as much as I do, I do think like Infinity War was like peak MCU. I think that is like the best Avengers movie Um, because it just like the stakes were high. The the ending of it was great, but I love Avengers Endgame because like you got like Scott Lang, a very silly character interacting multiple times with all these other characters that are well-established. And I love seeing like, just like all those different interactions between these people, like having rocket raccoon talking to Robert Downey Jr. Like, that shit I love when you have these characters that have no reason to be in the same room together <laughs> yeah. in the same room. And I think, you know, like Moon Knight, um, you know, Yelena, um, Kate Bishop, all these characters. I want to see them all interacting with their wacky ass personalities. I think it would be great. Yeah, agreed. So I hope we see more outside of those two, but we'll see. We will indeed. Who knows? All right. As we do on the Infinity Watch podcast, we rate whatever it is we're watching out of six whole infinity stones. Um, I think I made you start last week. So I'll go this week. I'm going to give this the same rating I gave last week. I think it was just like a really solid four. Um, I enjoyed it, but I think I, it was very on par with last week. I'm not like hype level, like loving it um, quite yet. I think it's just been like great. 
just like a very, very solid great. Um, I'm interested to see some of some of the backstory kind of fill itself out a little bit. Um, I'm wondering how they're going to really tackle this whole stuff in Egypt. I want to know more about how Arthur was an avatar of Khonshu, like what all this stuff means, what actually happened to Mark. Um, I'm very interested to learn some of this stuff um, and kind of let it play out. But I, I think it's it was right on par with last week for me, so a solid four for me. Yeah, I feel exactly the same, which means I'm going to give it the same that I did last week as well, which is a, is a five. Maybe a slightly lighter five this week, but only because of the goddamn CGI. If it wasn't for the CGI, it would be um, a strong five bordering on maybe even a six. I mean, I r- okay. I'm really loving the story. I am blown the fuck away by Oscar Isaac's acting. Um, dude is so he good. Is so he's so good. good when he was like dancing around getting ready to fight in in the Mr. Night suit I was like I mean it's just so good so good um yeah I'm I mean I'm I'm really liking it I really hope they're saving the CGI budget for uh later in the series yeah I also hope there's no more jackals I don't know it's just uh e- either no more jackals or like drop a hundred at once (laughs) right yeah yeah i did find it like it was like a little bit frustrating to me like they're inside like this little neighborhood right and you got all these people surrounding him but then like the moment layla shows up they just kind of like get up and run i'm like man couldn't we just like football tackle these guys or something uh where where did all (laughs) these tomato gardeners go that were just surrounding them a minute ago you know and so stuff like that always bothers me a little bit even though it's nitpicky yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, I'm sure people will think that my CGI takes are nitpicky. You're wrong, but I but I accept your uh <laughs> I, I accept Yeah, there's it. like so many people that like don't see that shit, which is always my I'm fucking to me, jealous. I, like, I, I was like I wish I could. It's like, man, yeah, I'm always like, yeah, it's a little bit spotty. It doesn't bother me as much as it bothers you, but like there's some people that are blind to that. And it's like, man. Must be nice. Yes, seriously. Also, maybe like get some glasses. I don't know. know? Someone's watching this with like no prescription glasses on and they probably need like negative fours or something. (laughs) Uh, Something like that. But all right, let's jump over to recommendations. Eric, what do you got for us? Oh, shit. Um... You want me to go first? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, last week I had recommended Severance on Apple TV Plus, and I'm just doing it again because the season finale aired yesterday, and that shit blew my mind. And just talk about like solid nine episodes of television, psychological thriller, super fucked up, super eerie. It, it's just, it was very, it ended on a cliffhanger, but it was just very satisfying at the same time. Um, nice. I just don't hear that many people talking about it. And so I just wanted to recommend it once more because I was very satisfied with the season finale. Got renewed for season two, directed by Ben Stiller, starring Adam Scott, Patricia Arquette, Christopher Walken. um, uh, What's that guy's name? Uh, John Turturro. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's there's a lot of big names in it, but it's just it's very good sci-fi kind of psychological fucked up thriller kind of vibes to it so um go get apple tv 
plus it's five dollars you can just get it for a month okay do yourself a favor watch severance nine episodes and then the rest of the month you watch um let's see ted Ted lasso not ted lasso i was thinking of the uh the apple tv moon for all mankind. Yep, yep, yep. Two yep, seasons yep. of that, ten episodes each. Then Ted Lasso. All three of those are fucking I've heard, great. Very I've also shows. heard good things, and I'm a fan of the uh the guy, uh Mythic Quest. I've heard good things about that. Um Yep. They just won Best Picture at the Oscars with Coda. Wow. And so there's there's a lot of good stuff for just five dollars, but really like if you're into sci-fi, psychological thrillers, you need to watch Severance. It is so good, and it talks about like you know it's, it deals with you know these big eerie corporations that are trying to control people's lives. So very interesting shit. Yeah, go watch Severance. It's so good. I love it. All right, you got something? I do. I do. I I just had to pull up my little. If longtime listeners know, I keep a document of of uh, media I've been consuming. This year, I decided to not track television. Um, but I now kind of regret that. So I think next year I'm going to add that back in, but that's fine. Um, tried something different, but, uh, so I was looking through like the movies that I've been watching. This isn't quite a movie, but it's close enough, but I watched and fucking loved the genius documentary on Netflix, the uh, Kanye West documentary. And It is incredible. Now, I don't know if I've talked about my love for Kanye West's music on this podcast, um, but he is, he's got to be one of, if not my favorite uh, mu- musical artist. Now, I kind of hate him as a person, but his, but his art is like just incredible i mean he really like he truly is an absolute genius just like a musical genius and this it's a three-part documentary series and it really adds like a lot of context to kanye as a person and kind of like what has happened in his life to intensify his struggles i guess um and you see how he started and like the confidence the arrogance that he had when he was first starting but it was tempered in a way like it was still tempered and you kind of see throughout his life just it becomes untempered and and it just gets way out of control as he gets more and more successful And, um, but the thing that's so interesting is like, generally when that happens, like the arrogance is not accompanied by continued genius, but in Kanye's case, it fucking is. And it's like, it's so crazy. It's like his first, his first run of like five albums, his first album is a classic and every album after that is better than the last one. what that's crazy it's my i i don't think it is i don't think it is at all i mean it's i feel like most people think that his best album is beautiful dark twisted fantasy and that's his fourth or fifth 
studio album. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're just talking about the first five or so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think. Well, and okay. and for me, I mean, I loved um, his his shorter album. He called it an album, I think. It's more of an EP, I would say, but yay. That album's amazing. Yep. Donda was my most listened to album on Spotify last year. I think that album's amazing. Um, I think I stopped after... I think I listened to a couple tracks on Yeezus, but I think my last one I really paid attention to is my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Yeah. Just because I can't rise rise above his bullshit. See, I... As much. I, f- f- I, for whatever reason, I, I can. It's very easy for me to separate the uh, the artist from the art in, in Kanye's case. Because I have to. I think, what, I, think, I think when he was going and doing like all those like worship concerts, I was just like, all right. Yeah, well... All right, so that was during... I mean, he's still doing that. He's still doing the Sunday service thing. But, like, that was started during, like, the Jesus is King album, which for me, that is a Kanye West album. But for me, that's more of a Sunday service choir album. So I don't. Right. That's not my cup of tea really at all. I think Kanye West is a piece of shit. But I will say that 808s and Heartbreak is one of my favorite albums of all time. Uh, That was, like, the soundtrack to me in high school. And like I am a synthesizer nerd, and that shit just like scratched every itch. And so yes. I love that album so much. Yeah. And still listen to it to this day. Probably. God, and there's so much there's so much footage, like even like around that time of like there's a clip of him saying uh the whole reason why 808s and heartbreaks even exists is because he was playing Michael Jackson, a one of his songs before 808s and Heartbreak. And Michael Jackson was like, who, who is this singing? Is this you singing? And Kanye, Kanye's like, yeah, that's me. And he's like, oh, wow, this is pretty good. And so Kanye's like, fuck, Michael Jackson told me I could sing. I'm about to make a whole album where I just sing. So that's the whole Dude. reason why 808s even exist. And I just love shit like that. I love trivia like that. Um, Could you imagine Michael Jackson saying that your singing sounded No, good? I can't. I can't. I'd go make a whole album. <laughs> yeah, right. Too. Yeah, but it's uh, but and so I do. It's like it's hard for me. Kanye West has undoubtedly said and done terrible things. Um, right. And so what you're saying, if 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 you went back and Hitler dropped a good mixtape, you'd be listening. I mean, Kanye West hasn't committed genocide. I think there's, I think it's just trying to bring this full circle here on our Hitler conversation. (laughs) I mean, fair. I love the attempt, but, um, but no, I think that the documentary does add a lot of context to his mental is very real, very real mental health struggles. And to the point where some parts of it are like tough to watch. It's like very, private yeah. moments where he's clearly going through a serious episode and it's uh it's dude needs some serious mental health yeah and and now i think i think a lot of people have seen the the pete davidson clip of where he's like having mental health issues is not an excuse to act like a jackass and i and i agree yeah. i agree but it does it is helpful as a as a fan and just as a person to know the context. It just makes it a little easier to understand, if not accept, 
at least it makes it easier to understand. And I think with a person like Kanye, who I truly think is the greatest entertainer of our generation um, and unquestionably the greatest producer of our generation. Um, I just think it's, it's, it was really awesome to see that, uh, that context. And it's just like incredibly well-made documentary. It's so entertaining, just so interesting. Can't recommend it enough. It's only, it's three episodes. That's it. Um, so yeah, genius Kanye West. I will say, um, I have, there's two guys that I've started loving as producers and they produced Casey Musgraves last two albums. Okay. And, uh, it's Ian Fitchuk and Daniel Tashian. Okay. And I just love how they like, you can tell like some of these songs, if, if they weren't produced, they way the way they were produced. Um, especially in like the not her most recent album, the album before, it could have just been very generic, but there's like these subtleties that they added to the song, you know, and, and she produces them as well with these two guys. Um, that just like really take it over the edge and make it something fantastic. Um, it's a really interesting space. I, yeah. I know me and you share that interest of like music and, and, and music production and stuff like that, and so it's definitely, uh, Oh, it's amazing when someone does something amazing. Yes. Yeah. Music producers don't get even half the shine they deserve. Like, it, it's right. crazy how much producers shape songs and sometimes even shape an artist. Because if if, if right. an artist gets in with one producer for their first album, I mean, that changes the way they write music forever a lot of times. Yeah, it kind of defines the sound of yeah, it. Yeah, right? and it's just... Uh, yeah, if anybody doesn't know, you can actually on Spotify for any song you're listening to, uh you can like either go to the three dots on mobile or on desktop just right click and go to show credits. And if you find especially if like you listen to an artist but you only like like some of their songs, you, maybe you actually like the producer. And, and like right. just check go to show credits, find out who the producer is and look up other things they produced and like Give producers their shine, man. They're like, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Un- unsung heroes. Yes, no for sure. For, yeah, yeah liter- literally and figuratively. Hey. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this one. If you want to reach out to us, you can send us a tweet at Infinity Rewatch. Shocker, no one was defending Morbius. <laughs> um, you can shoot us an email at theinfinitywatchpodcast at gmail.com. Even if you just want to tell us to fuck the billionaires. Happy to do it with you. Oh, yeah. Fuck the billionaires.